You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the mothers of invention freak out in the room i have rob yo ben hello and adam hey uh freak out is the debut studio album by the american rock band the mothers of invention released in june 27th 1966 on verve records it was produced by tom wilson and the genre is experimental rock often cited as one of rock's First concept albums, the album is a satirical expression of the frontman Frank Zappa's perception of American pop culture and the nascent freak scene of the Los Angeles. This ambitious debut album ranges from rhythm and blues, doo-wop, the standard blues influence rock, to orchestral arrangements and sound collages. Its four LP sides deconstruct rock conventions right and left, eventually pushing into territory inspired by avant-garde classical composers. Yet the album is sequenced in an accessible, logical progression. The first half is dedicated to catchy, satirical pop rock songs that question assumptions about pop music, setting the tone for the radical new directions of the second half. The mothers of invention seem to mock everything from teen idol bands singing about teen, teen romance to the racial divide of the Watts riots and American consumerism. Despite the dissatisfaction with pop conventions, many of the songs are still accessible with memorable hooks and structure. Though it reached number 130 on the Billboard charts, Freak Out was neither a major commercial nor critical success when it was first released in the United States. Many listeners were convinced that the album was drug-inspired and <laughs> interpreted the album's title as slang for a bad LSD trip. The album made the Mothers of Invention immediately underground darlings with a strong counterculture following. What did we think of Freak Out? Without this record, you would never have Mr. Bungle or Mr. Bungers, Mr. Bungle's California, so I'm fucking all in with this. It's so good. Okay. It's so good. It's I, I, I enjoy every aspect of it. Like I get what they're parodying and parried parodying. Uh-huh. Yes, there he goes. He's got it. He's brought it back. I understand every trope that they're they're that they're parodying, um, and they do it better than a lot of the other bands were doing it in the first place. Honestly, like you know, the, it doesn't get the uh, the psychedelic grab as far as like this is a psychedelic record. But Jesus fucking Christ, like this is sober psychedelia if I had ever heard it. I was gonna say they don't drift in this album as much as I had initially. Th- remembered mm-hmm. I, you know when you look at the cover and you were mentioning how the cover 
I mean, it just looks like a psychedelic record, but they definitely keep it cohesive. Well, and at least Frank Zappa wasn't on drugs. Right, right. But This is on purpose. Yes. <laughs> but even people who, you know, were not doing LSD at the at the time were still riffing, you know, doing long lead solos and things like that and going off on tangents. This seems more a pieced together album that he had a, a real narr- sort of structure to it, yeah. which was impressive to me for such a long album, too. Mm-hmm. It's very long. Yeah. Two, two discs. Two LPs. Uh, it was the first, and I think it actually was real. It, it just beat Blonde on Blonde actually, because there, there was a the delay. Oh, there really? Was a, there was a delay. It was it was slated to come out, I think, before Blonde on Blonde, and there was a delay, and Blonde on Blonde came out first. Ah, it, it, it's either that or the opposite of that. Yeah. Well, but it says it, in this book. Okay. It says it's the other way around. The Their ability to jump genres and do it as well and sometimes better than like what the uh, the others were doing, like, it's 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 fantastic, mm-hmm. I think. You know, even though, you know, it's just, it's really, really smart people who are really good at their musicians making fun of everybody because they think they're lame. Oh, they've got opinions. <laughs> they certainly do. There's definitely a sardonic humor going throughout that's like uh, sort of dissecting the trends of the times and just sort of just like poo-pooing on them. I don't know if I would have enjoyed a conversation with Frank Zappa, <laughs> but I like what he's done here. I like that Frank Zappa totally usurped the like the, the band that would be the Mothers of Invention from a different dude. Like they were a bar band called what, like the giant soul, soul giants. giants yes led by like a, a saxophone player or something and frank zappa comes in he's like you're mine no you're mine now and we're weird <laughs> <laughs> and they're like okay <laughs> wasn't there something yeah, else where he, he convinced them to do it and they actually got signed to verb because they thought they were a quote white blues band <laughs> wow because they had uh they they had only heard uh trouble every day when they right. signed them which is a, a blue song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sol- very solid song, too. Yeah, um, yeah Tom Wilson, I guess I'll kind of do some more background. Tom Wilson got them in the studio, and you know they started doing all these songs, and he said, oh, you're not a blues band, but I love you. I love huh. that that was his reaction. Good for it, him. It could have gone either way. Yeah. You know? And I, I didn't, until I was reading this week, I didn't realize that it was... I, well, I didn't realize I didn't know much about Tom Wilson until we started getting into like the Dylan stuff mm-hmm. and uh, the Highway 61 revisited. Was that the one he did? Uh, with uh, like Rolling Stone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then th- so this is the, the same dude. Yeah. And so he comes in. He thinks he's going to be recording like pretty straightforward blues album. Finds out he's not, and it just rolls with it. It's way into it. Like. Like sticks his neck out with a record label to get like more time get, and more funding. He gets more money yeah. for them because he he sees the that's how how they're going. Mm-hmm. Bless him. So the Frank Zappa was not taking drugs. Yes, but Tom Wilson was tripping on LSD uh, while he produced yeah. this record. <laughs> Watching my TV, 
Even think I go to praying Every time I hear them saying That there's no way to delay That trouble coming every day No way to delay That trouble coming every day Question number one, can we lay off the kazoos or whatever that is a little bit? Uh, and no. apparently Tom Wilson says, no. Because <laughs> um, there's... Bring in more. Like, That's what we need the funding the for. Kazoos. <laughs> like, it's obviously like a super creative record, but like the excessive use of kazoos is fatiguing. And uh, it's just like... I feel like it's kind of like a Zappa earmark almost. I know, but it's just like... Chill the fuck out. <laughs> but you can't it's tell not, Frank Zappa to the chill The album's out. not called Chill the Fuck Out. Yeah, I know. I, know. That's, I, get, it. I get it. Good point. It point could taken. be called Mr. Kazoo Man. Oh. <laughs> well, my other question is, yeah. Hey, Mr. Kazoo Man. Uh, my other question is, who are the brain police? <laughs> who are the brain police? <laughs> who are they really? <laughs> like that when, when they were going into record the song that would become the return of the son of monster magnet uh originally cream cheese Mm -hmm. day before they were gonna go into the studio and record that track zappa approached wilson asked for five hundred dollars to go to the music store and rent five hundred dollars worth of drums and then go down to like the town square and wrangle all the freaks and hippies in and just give them drums. And Tom Wilson was like, well, yeah, here's 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Money love, wisely spent. I love that that they went with it. Yeah. I mean, they really went with it. Double LP, too. Yeah. Convincing, you know, a new band to do a double LP. First record. The more I hear about Verve, yeah. the more I think that that's a bunch of cool guys. Yeah. I enjoyed every minute. Like, it, it it's so... Sometimes weird and sometimes like you know, catchy or at least like accessible. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Frank Zappa's uh later stuff or even most of his work, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, he he lost me. I, I, I can't even name a fucking record. All I know is that like I'm always cornered by some assholes really into I'm Frank in the- Zappa. I'm like, god damn it, I don't care about Midi Marimba, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> but then I heard this and I'm like, holy shit. I kind of get it because, you know, again, Bungle, like fucking California would not exist without this fucking record. Yeah. And, and you know, I what? think this that, is massively influential and there's like, there's no, it's I mean, probably way if, more bands than I can mention than Bungle, it, but goddamn it. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to talk about like, you know, does it belong in the book? Like there, there's no question that this is like insanely influential and so out there for, just like adding all these strange sounds onto the record, it's out there. Personally, it's not for me. Like uh, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Frank Zeppa, but like I hear it, and what I what I hear that I like is I hear the people who took his approach to songs and made things that are more like accessible to me. Like one of the things, one of the first th- things I thought was like, man, there's one song on this record, and I can't remember which one I, I've forgotten, but it reminded me of Pavement. And I was like, man, oh, I grew yeah. up listening to Pavement, and this the vocal delivery um, combined with the lyrics and the sardonic humor was like, this is this is definitely whether or whether or not they claim the well, influence. Well, they've got an album called Wowie's Out. Oh, they totally do. Good call. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's in there, but like, it's just such an obvious um, route, and and I think that sort of thing you have to be aware of, even when you're like, 
I think this record's fine. I do, it doesn't bug me or anything. But it's like I, I give it a plus, even though I don't respond to it because it's such a future influencer. Sure. Yeah, it, it kind of has. It's still influencing it people. It represents that there's almost something for everyone. Every single one of the songs has a different take. A, yeah. A bit. So there's some songs I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes so, I'm just like, nah. Yeah, but I think. We, it's good enough that you can kind of respect all the different yeah. different styles that they're doing. But yeah, this song we're listening to, Wowie Zowie, was like uh, one of the one of the Verb guys. I guess his kid was like eight, and that was like his favorite song. And he, you know, like oh yeah, it you can like understand a song you hear in like Pee Wee's Playhouse or these, something. These different <laughs> these different styles, these different structures. You know, the last one being like just super far out there having te- uh, tapes sped up and having all these people bang on drums and yeah essentially freaking people out <laughs> yeah it, 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 it the the record in and of itself like you know you, you can like some stuff you can dislike other things and that i mean it's fucking two lps you know that's there's gonna be something that's a lot yeah um but it it stands absolutely outside of time like you can't listen to this and be like, oh, yeah, 1966. That that makes sense. Like, who the fuck knows when this goddamn music was made? <laughs> I completely agree that this yeah. is just like, this is just a vision. It's like right? it's like a person's crazy brain, and here's a sample, <laughs> and like he got some other people to go along with his crazy ideas. I noticed uh, with repeated listens, like the first few times... Like, this isn't the first, like, this project isn't the first time I've listened to this record, right. but it's the first time I've listened to this record, like, really closely. Focused. You focused on it. And, uh, you know, like, the first time or two, what I was hearing was, like, the weirdness and the, the discordant parts and, like, how far out it was. And with repeated listens, after I got through, like, the initial shock of, like, weird, I was hearing more of, like, the actual, like... What compositions yeah. and like oh, like there's smart. some like really interesting like composed melodies and stuff through there like they, they're almost they wouldn't be subtle except that there's something that's going on while a whole bunch of weird stuff and kazoos are happening it was cool to get to a point where like i was i was listening to it and i wasn't hearing it as a weird record i was hearing it more as as you would hear like a classical piece composition the, composition yeah it was as early as 66 well like speaking speaking of that you know thinking back to like that mama's and the papa's record same time period it's like same scene almost it's it's like and the idea that like something as blase as that and something like this are happening at the same time and it's like and when you when you hear that phrase we're obsessed with like the greatest thing since rock and roll it's like (laughs) it's like like we'll 
something wild and crazy and new could be described that way. Yeah. Because you're like, this is fresh. You know, like, and that's, I think that's what you hear when you, when you think back to this is like, this is fresh. Well, this is like, this is, this is wild. Mama's and the Papa's a strip, Susie Cream Cheese, man. No, it it almost (laughs) seems like, you know, Zappa was well aware of the shit that was happening around him. Yeah. He was staring at bands like the Mamas and the Pops. Oh, he's responding. Like, Motherfucker, really? <laughs> he's this responding. This is what you got? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, I, the only reason I bring up that record again is, is the... Oh, it's terrible. Well, no, it's <laughs> just, Let's talk more about the incest. <laughs> What's the kind of... <laughs> no. The comparison of like the performance and the uh, edginess versus um, hyper control. And it's like, this record... They make strange choices. They make sometimes bad choices. They make weird, you know, like, uh, just, like, out-of-the-box choices. And it's, like, what we're left with is personality. And, like, you don't have to like it and listen to it all the time to be like, well, dang, I never heard nothing like that. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and that's that's worth something, I think. Yeah, I, I every time Frank Zappa's been brought up to me, um, it's always been two thirty in the morning, and it, it's all it, like it's seriously every fucking time. It, it's been please listen to this MIDI composition uh, where he was just experimenting with free jazz, but like it's all like MIDI parts because he's like I don't need a band anymore. MIDI exists. He he his opinion was he couldn't find musicians that were capable to play the music he was writing in his head. So and I'll he, have you know the music he was writing in his head that he transposed to MIDI is not very good. <laughs> Um, I would agree with you. So yeah, you know, I, I I'm, think I I'm think sure du- we'll get to some more Frank's. Up, I think uh, Dweezil did think, a better job than Frank, just with the uh, theme to nine hundred two one zero. I'm just saying, Uh-oh. just saying. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I just opened the book to Hot Rats, Hot Rats, yep. and maybe oh. Joe's guitar or Joe's, Joe's garage. garage. Joe's guitar. <laughs> no, I, I I I was I was pleasantly surprised to sit down and hear a Frank Zappa record. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, not everyone had a favorable uh, opinion, such you as say. yourself, <laughs> including uh, Zappa quoted a negative review of the album by Pete Johnson of the Los Angeles Times, who wrote, I guess he might call it surrealist paintings set to music, not content to record just two sides of music gibberish. The mothers of invention devote four full sides to their type of, quote, artistry. If anyone owns this album, perhaps he can tell me what the hell is going on. The Mothers of Inventions, a talented but warped quintet, have fathered an album poetically entitled Freak Out, which could be the greatest uh, stimulus to the aspirin industry since the income tax. Well, can you imagine being super into everything that had happened from 1960 up to 66 in some asshole pretentious prick puts together a band that mocks Every fucking thing you're into, because he think he's way too cool for fucking school. And then yeah, a critic's like, but he doesn't like the things I like. Like yeah, dude, fuck that. Like that that's the that's the most glowing review I've heard of this by anybody. Yeah, no, I mean sometimes like, you know, just hearing some boner tell you that it's no good <laughs> makes you be like, oh damn, it is good because this boner <laughs> thinks it's bad. I mean sometimes you gotta know that's like. The wrong audience has the 
you know, wrong reaction. And I know we, we talked right. about the monks a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I, I'd say this is absolutely one of those bands where uh, Diva would not have existed without right. the Mother's Invention. Also, totally. uh, Oingo Boingo for that fact. For that fact. Uh, or Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo yeah. before Danny got real hit into it. So it sounds like Rob's on the positive. I'm absolutely. The, this, uh, this should be a record that... Uh, any human listens to it it's wildly enjoyable and oftentimes really weird but at the end of the day like you know you come out with a better idea of like this actually happened in 66 and that's pretty crazy to me yeah i think it's great i mean it just goes to show there's like people who are on that outer edge of of you know the creativity at all times there's always somebody producing something it's just about can you convince your Verve Records, yeah. uh, like, acid-dropping <laughs> producer to basically back you? There's always people that... And there's French people of every generation, you know what I mean? Like, Mozart, you know? But, like, those people, they, they need to find their their sponsors, essentially. Yeah. I mean, now it's easier for them, obviously. And now it's, it's like, everybody's out there just doing whatever they want. But it's always kind of cool to look back 50 years ago and see... Um, the ones that kind of made it through, the people who are just like, I'm going to make a weird record. (laughs) (laughs) Just you stop me. You give me the money already. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. You know, it's it's like, it's not, like I said, it's it's not even like something that I care to listen to, but it's like, I love that he did it and I think, I, I think he's, Good for him. <laughs> I agree with Adam. Like this isn't a record that I would put on very often. But I've tried, if, but if you are interested in music, if you consider yourself a fan of music, this is an album that should be heard. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it very much it's belongs in the book. Very important. It belongs in the book. It should be heard. The song that we're hearing in the headphones right now, you're probably wondering why I'm here. I I don't know what it's about, but the what I think it's about is what I hear is like Zappa and the band, like just like playing a bar gig. Yes, that's exactly what <laughs> I thought. You're probably wondering why I'm here, and so am I. Yeah. So am I. Because <laughs> that's the one where, like, halfway through, uh, he shouts out in like his weird, like, America accent that he likes to go into. He's like, I want to hear a caravan with a drum solo. <laughs> yep. I've been there, man. I've been there. <laughs> we all have. We've all been. And so am I. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good one to learn, just to just to play when you have a bad gig. Oh, like, probably wondering why I'm here, and so, so am, am I. I. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'm on the plus as well. I mean, all pluses, right? D- yeah, yeah. I think yeah. It, you should check it out. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's just weird. It's valuable, but it's yeah, it's fun. I think the reason this one sets it apart than maybe some albums we will get into is it's vision and cohesiveness it doesn't it's not weird just to be weird like it right. it really has a something to say he's criticizing it's, it's a concept record yeah. yeah he's definitely criticizing like people in yeah. america and yeah he's got like a he's got a vision for it yeah for sure. and and the like i was saying before the the musicianship it's not just yeah go ahead and play this part for 10 measures and play play some stuff, just riff on this stuff. It's like a very, it feels pretty controlled in the way that... These songs are written. Very orchestrated. They are very much like... And he was a taskmaster. Yeah. It was hard to be in his band. Yeah. All right, next time we'll be talking about the Rolling Stones aftermath. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.
home. You're probably wondering why I'm here, and so am I, so am I. Just as much as you wonder about me being in this place, yeah. that's just how much I marvel at the lameness on your face. You rise each day the same.